Last week, I covered the important details of teaching a pre-verbal child to imitate sounds on request as we build toward teaching them how to talk. This week, we will cover the motivational aspects of learning language and the procedure involved in teaching children how to ask for things they want in increasingly complex ways. So it's time for Teaching Children to Talk, part two on the Just 7 Steps podcast. Welcome to the Just 7 Steps podcast with Robert Schramm, a board-certified behavior analyst, educator, author, and developer of the 7 Steps to Successful Parenting. For more than 20 years, Robert has been teaching parents and professionals how to support children in developing the values and priorities necessary to live a successful life. In this podcast, you'll hear from some of the biggest experts in the fields of education, parenting, and behavior analysis. So buckle in and get ready for a wild ride where you'll learn to be your best in just seven steps. Hi. I'm Robert Schramm, a behavior analyst, education specialist, an author, and dad. And each week, I share with you strategies to help you find the path to real progress for your kids who may be struggling. For some children, learning how to talk can be a hurdle that is just too high for them to get over on their own. And traditional approaches to teaching children to learn to talk can be inadequate. So today on the podcast, I'm going to get into the whys and hows of teaching a child to mand or request for their desires in increasingly complex ways, leading them to the use of functional spoken language. Now, the reason man training is such an important part of the early language development is that it is based on the simple concept of, I want, I do, I get. That is what a man is. I want something, so I do something, and therefore I can get something. Now, this is a powerful function of language because a successful man always leads to the acquisition of reinforcement. And anything that is reliably reinforced is going to increase in frequency. So this is why, in addition to teaching verbal imitation, like we discussed last week, the second important factor in early language development is the creation of a desire to use communication to man for things you want from others. Now, whether you're using a complex combination of words or just grunting and pointing if you want something and the behavior is intended to gain access to it, then you are actually doing what's called manding. I've often heard it said that the first mans are a baby's cry. Pointing or taking mom's hand to an item you want is also a form of manding. Where many kids then get stuck is transitioning from the use of physical gestures that are generalized, like pointing to vocal gestures that are specific. So one of the ways that we can help a child over that hump is by teaching them physical gestures or behavior that is specific. And then once the child has felt the power and usefulness of specific mans over the use of general ones, we can then use that desire to push them towards using the newly formed verbal imitation that we're teaching them to start the mand with specific sounds instead. When a child cannot imitate sounds, or for whatever reason, will not do so on request, teaching a child to mand with spoken language is not a reasonable target. Instead, We need to find a physical response that can be very specific, meaning one movement or selection equals one thing and another movement or selection equals something else. And this is where some form of augmentative communication system would be important. There are several augmentative communication systems that are available to us. All have their pluses and minuses, but the one thing they all have in common is that it's, and that's crucially important, is that they're easy to physically prompt. 
That means we can help the child to use the behavior, allowing them to come in contact with reinforcement. It's veritably impossible to physically prompt someone to say something as spoken language relies on a complex combination of factors, such as the opening and closing and vibrations of the vocal cords, the correct tongue placement, mouth shape, as well as the specific airflow and control. So it can be quite complex to someone who has to learn to do each part through trial and error practice. And none of that, aside from some simple help with mouth positioning, is something that we can physically prompt. At best, we can use model or imitative prompts. And for many kids without the ability to physically prompt them, we cannot get them to use the behavior we want to reinforce and therefore cannot show them the benefit of that behavior and help them to practice using it more and more frequently. So this is why augmentative communication systems are so important to use. The three main systems you can use to help augment the learning process of spoken language are sign language, the picture exchange communication system called PECS, and the use of an electronic talking device or software. That is something where you push a button and the device then says the word for you. Now, all three of these systems are easily and physically promptable. So in addition to working on your verbal imitation from last week's episode, you also have to choose which augmentative system is best for this individual child to use, not as a substitute or a replacement, but as a bridge to spoken language. So how do you choose? Well, I'm not going to try to convince you that one is better than the others, but I will quickly mention some of their pros and cons. Sign language. The main pro is that it is not selection-based, where PECS and the talker device are both selection-based, meaning the behavior is always the same. You reach and grab or you reach and touch a button. With sign language, you do a different behavior for each and everything that you want the child to ask for. And although this can make it more difficult to learn initially, it does mimic actual language and therefore might make the jump from sign language to spoken language easier. But to be honest, I don't have any evidence that shows this to be the case. It is merely hypothesis as far as I know. The downside to sign language is that it can be more challenging to teach, especially to children who have a limited motor imitation repertoire. Uh, Maybe they have weak motor skills or even an aversion to physical touch. And additionally, the only listeners the child has to communicate with are people who also know the signs that the child has been taught. Now, PECS is easy to teach because the behavior the child uses is always the same. They just grab a picture and they hand it to the listener. And because the pictures are clear and easy to see, anyone could be a helpful listener. Perhaps the best of both worlds, though, is using a talker electronic device. It allows for easy selection-based prompting like PECS and it allows for anyone to be the listener. But if it does have a downside, it is that it is the same behavior used over and over by the child. They just select a different button to push each time. And another major deterrent to the use of talkers was always the cost related to it. But with the advent of reasonably priced iPad software, uh, that has become far less of a barrier to most families. Once an augmentative system has been chosen, you then start to use effective prompting to teach the child to use the system to ask for their most strongly and frequently desired things. So if I'm going to help you teach your child to use augmentative communication to man for things, I need a list of the things your child is most likely to want to ask for throughout the day. This list should include food and drink items, but it must also include items like toys and activities that the child enjoys. 
When deciding what mans we are likely to want to teach, it is very important that we consider exactly what we will call these items as they will eventually become your child's first words. Teaching mans for words like more, please, help, and eat is not recommended. The reason is these words do not have standalone specific value to the child. They're reliant on other mans to be successful. For example, if I teach a child to say more, the sign or the pet's picture for more is only useful in relation to another man for what they want more of. The same is true for the word eat. Eat what? Do you want to eat this? Do you want to eat this? And then the child is right back to pointing. The first words we teach should be specific names for specific items with no ambiguity. When they show you the picture of a train, they want their favorite train toy. If they make the sign for that you taught them for Oreo cookies, then they want an Oreo. And if at all possible, you should find words that are simple for the child to eventually learn to say. In other words, avoid calling something a radio-controlled vehicle. Just call it a car or a race car if there are other types of car that the child likes as well. Uh, this way, then, when we are ready to transfer from the augmentative communication system to spoken language, we have targets that the child will likely be able to produce more easily and that we can target with our verbal imitation practice as well. The secret to teaching manding in any form is that a man is only a man if the child wants the item at the moment that the child is asking for it. If a child says water but doesn't actually want the water at the time that they say it, it's not actually a man. It would only be a label. So knowing this, I cannot teach a child the basics of manding if they are not in that moment in time desiring the item that I'm trying to teach them. So step one in teaching any form of man is to capture or create a motivation for something that you want to teach. Once the child has shown they want the item or activity by reaching for it, pointing to it, or even looking at it, it is then time to teach the new behavior you want them to learn. If we're using sign language, we do this by intercepting their reach, demonstrating the behavior we want them to learn through a model prompt, and then we help them achieve the behavior through a physical prompt, and then we reinforce with some of that item that they were wanting. And we also want to make sure to say the word we will eventually be teaching them three times, once for each step along the way. It might look like this uh, for water. Uh, water, water, water. Bitte. 
Der ist doch so aus dem Fuß. Ja, 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 Okay, so let's now assume that we have successfully begun to teach your child to echo individual sounds, and we have also successfully taught them how to mand for at least 15 to 20 different desires independently and spontaneously with sign language, pecs, or a talker. The next step is to start to bring these two separate skills together. And once you know what your target man's will be, you can begin to teach the initial sounds of those words in your verbal imitation practice. So if you have man's for TV, car, and gummy, you can make sure that you're targeting the T sound, the K sound, and the G sound in verbal imitation. And once the child can make the initial sounds of words and are being motivated to use behavior to ask for things that have those initial sounds in it, there is a really good chance that the child will automatically start making that sound when they're asking for it. If not, we can always use just a little bit of extinction on these well-learned physical mans to help motivate the production of known sounds as part of those mans. So if you're really interested in being able to use this approach, to help a child in your life uh, who's not begun talking due to their disability or the way that they've been taught by professionals so far in their life, I would recommend getting a copy of my book called Motivation and Reinforcement, Turning the Tables on Autism. It has just about everything that I would want to know if I was trying to educate a child with a diagnosis of autism, including how we teach pre-verbal children how to use spoken language. Now, you can find that book at its cheapest price at the following link www.lulu.com forward slash spotlight forward slash SRAM. Now I've noticed that if you don't use the capital S in SRAM, you may not find me. So be sure to use that capital S if you look for the book at lulu.com. Uh, it's also available at normal places like uh, Amazon and others, um, but you can find the cheapest offer at lulu.com. Okay, so let's recap what we have discussed so far in the two podcasts about teaching children to learn to talk. First, we need to be able to make progress in two distinct areas. The first is taking a child through the process of developing an increasingly complex verbal imitation repertoire. Then we have to teach them to ask for things they want using an augmentative communication system like sign language, pecs, or a talker. And once they have the ability to make basic sounds and can ask for things using physical behaviors, we would try to help them bring the sounds that they can now make on request over to their mans so that they can use those sounds as part of their requests. The goal then becomes to continuously increase their verbal imitation repertoire and to match that up with an ever-increasing list of spontaneous mans the child has a desire for. Again, check out my motivation and reinforcement book at lulu.com forward slash spotlight forward slash SRAM with a capital S. And we will see you right back here next week for hopefully another great podcast episode, but only if you take the time to subscribe.
Thank you for taking the time to join me today on the Just 7 Steps podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please take just a moment to leave me a comment, give a thumbs up, share the video with others, and subscribe to our YouTube channel so that you won't miss out on any of our Just 7 Steps videos designed to help parents of children with challenges find your family's path to progress. See you right here next week.